0: This is the Healthy Aging Podcast from Clover Health, exploring a wide variety of medical and wellness issues for older adults and their families. Here's your host, Jason
1: Alderman. Welcome. This is the Healthy Aging Podcast from Clover Health. I'm Jason Alderman. I'm talking with our friend, Dr. Kumar Dharmarajan. Kumar is the chief scientific officer here at Clover Health. Kumar, welcome. Hi. Let's talk medications today. It feels like I can't watch any television show ever of any variety, any time of day without being inundated with really cheesy medication commercials, promising me a better life and frolicking on the beach and happiness all around. And I often will say to myself, I can't believe this is having an effect on anybody. But you're a doctor. You have people coming in to you, patients coming in. You say, oh, I saw a commercial for X, Y, and Z. I want some of that. All the time. Really?
0: So, yeah, it's clearly effective. There's a reason pharmaceutical companies do this. But it's, you know, sometimes thought of from providers in a negative light. I think it can be positive. It can help patients be better advocates for themselves. And the reality is physicians or nurses or other health providers can't be on top of every new drug, every study that's come out. You know, there are literally thousands of new studies that come out every week, and If a provider is even reading a few of them, that's probably pretty good. And so it is important data. And there are times where, you know, those new medicines are appropriate for patients. Uh, Let's say a patient, as an example, had been on a, it's a blood thinner that's been around and very, very useful for many, many years. It's used in people with abnormal heart rhythms, artificial heart valves, prevent blood clotting on those valves. You know, there's been a whole new set of agents that have come out in the last few years that are much easier to take. You don't have to monitor the blood levels. It's easier to take with food, less likely to cause certain types of bleeding. and can actually help people. And so I think it's a very reasonable conversation that one example, for example, for a patient to say, hey, I've seen commercials for six other types of blood thinners. This old one, let's have a conversation about whether these new ones make sense.
1: And that's from a doctor's perspective, that's not annoying. That the education that a patient's coming in with it literally came from a sixty second television commercial. That's not insulting to your medical career.
0: I think it comes with the whole transition of patients being more and more advocates for themselves. And the reality is it's not just commercials on TV. Patients are, you know, going on the internet, they're talking to their friends on social media, you know, they're Googling things. And so patients are coming in with more and more information into their doctor's visits. And I think that's a good thing overall. Now, there are certain cases where if a patient hears something and they're intransigent about it, and they feel like this is definitely a thing for them, and that may not be the best medical advice, that can happen. But it's just, we're all moving in this direction. I think there's nothing we can do about it. I think overall it's a benefit.
1: You're, you're very, you're very enlightened. I'd be annoyed, I think, if I were a doctor. So the commercials, and I'm perseverating a little bit on the commercials, but obviously, they're always for a name brand medication. It's never for a generic medication. Aren't generics and name brands supposed to be the same when, they're, when it's the same formulary? Isn't it, isn't it the same thing? Is there really a benefit for me having the name brand version of something that I see on TV? Yeah,
0: in theory, the generic and the name brand, where there is a generic, there's not always a generic. It should be the same formulation that's made. The ad is still, as you said, for the name brand, for the reason that the name brand is still usually more expensive because it has cachet So as an example, you know, you may have heard of the cholesterol drug, Lipitor. There is a name brand version of it called Lipitor. There's a generic version of it called atorvastatin. You know, generally Lipitor is more expensive than atorvastatin. And so I'm not surprised that you're still seeing, you know, that discrepancy because there is that much. premium, but you know, from a patient standpoint, I don't think you need to feel like, oh, I'm getting a torvostat, so I'm not getting the benefits of Lipitor. Uh, you know, the Torvastat was cheaper, maybe more affordable.
1: So generics, there, there, there really aren't downsides to generics, other than you're paying less. Yeah, so I think in general they they should be the same, but there aren't. As you just mentioned, there aren't generics of everything. How come? What? Why do some drugs have a generic? equivalent in some doubt?
0: Two main reasons. One, generally, when a pharmaceutical company gets approval for a drug, they have a patent on it for approximately 20 years. And so over that 20 years, they're the only ones selling it. And so they're obviously not going to sell the generic because it would cut into the brand name sales. And so it's really after that period of
1: market exclusivity that generic versions can come out. So it's really 20 years. So if I'm seeing a generic, that means that the original drug came out at least 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. I think the rules are a little bit more complicated by the type of drug. Does it have orphan status? And FDA has various
1: categories. But
0: in general, you're correct that if you see a generic of something, the drug has been out for a while. Got it. And the other reason that you might not see a generic is the drug may have been out for a while. but No one feels like there's a market for the generic because someone has to make that generic, and those companies have to make their decisions as to which generic they make. And so, you know, I think those are the two reasons. In the period of market exclusivity, there won't be a generic. After, there still might not be if, you know, the companies that make these drugs don't see the market opportunity.
1: When I get a drug, generic or otherwise, from the pharmacy, paperwork comes with it. Often, drug indications warning directions in the world's smallest font written in in language it's really hard to understand but the one piece that i can semi understand when i when i have the fortitude to go through it are the warnings and some and the warnings can be terrifying and often the warnings make it you know seem like this drug can cause all sorts of awful things when i'm uh, taking it to help me feel better Am I the only one who ever gets nervous about reading all of those warnings and indications and side effects? Is, is this is this just me?
0: I think anyone who reads all that fine print would probably get nervous.
1: So, it, if you are indeed doing that,
0: it's a very normal response. I think the reality with any drug or any treatment in medicine is there. I think there's no drug that I can think of that's risk free, zero chance of anything happening, and you know it's about that balance and. If you read that label and you see all those risks, what they don't tell you in that label is some of those risks are infinitesimally small. Infinitesimal uh, and so, you know, per the FDA rules, the pharma company, the pharmaceutical company does need to list all of those things. But that doesn't mean that odds of that happening are high or even medium or even <laughs> low. They might be very, very, very low. But what I would say there is if you are concerned, the first thing I would say is when your doctor prescribes something, ask your doctor, what are the potential list, And, you know, hopefully that doctor is going to give you the high level in terms of the most common or most serious, right? So it might be something, well, this might cause a little nausea or, you know, something like that or weakness, hopefully not. Nausea happens rarely. I've seen it a few times. Or this could cause something really serious, but it's very, very unlikely for that to happen. So anyway, ask, if you have. Know, I would actually have that conversation before you get the medicine and look at that insert, just ask your, doctor, it is, ask
1: your doctor. That's helpful context. And I'm a bit of a warrior. What, this has happened to me a few times. You start a new medication, something you haven't had before, and you get a side effect. And, and nausea is the one that comes to mind. And it's really, it's, it's upsetting. You know, it, it, it's making you question whether you should, be taking this drug after all? What should you do in a situation like that when you're really upset with the side effects from a medication?
0: It's a good question. I would talk to you, doctor, because the nausea example, it's a great one. There's some drugs that are actually known to potentially cause nausea, but that it goes away after a little while. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are other drugs where it may never go away. Mm-hmm. And so the question that is, again, it's the risk and benefit. So if it's a great drug, because it's highly effective, it's not gonna be expensive to you, the you know, the nausea in this case is only gonna last a little while, you know, it's, you might decide to tough it out for a little bit. And, you know, it's tough it out. I'm not saying those symptoms aren't there. It could be uncomfortable, but they may be gone in the few news. Or on the other extreme, it's a drug that just never goes away. There's a certain percentage of people who get that. And you ask your doctor, what is the alternative? And so I think in that context it becomes you know, easier to make the
1: decision to work the next And let's say it's over a weekend, you know, doctor's on call, takes a few hours to get a call back. Should I stop taking the medication or should I keep taking it until I have the conversation? If I'm in the middle of something I'm getting a bad side effect.
0: it's not as important, unfortunately, because what if you're taking it you have an infection and it's being it's being used to treat that? First of all I would definitely talk to your doctor. Hopefully you know, even if it's two hours, that's enough time to get a call back before you have to take the next dose. So most medicines are either once a day or twice a day max. So there are some medicines you have to take more often, but you know, mostly the most antibiotics are once or twice a day. And so hopefully there is enough time to have that conversation, in which case your doctor can say, okay, here's an alternative. But I would be careful about stopping something because what you don't want to do, for example, is an infection to stop something. And then not get an antibiotic for a period of time and that makes the infection worse or the bug develops resistance to antibiotics, things like that. So it just depends on the situation. Versus let's say you have diabetes, that's a chronic condition, it may not just go away, and you take the drug and you have some nausea. Well, if you don't take the drug for a day or two, probably nothing is gonna change in the grand scheme of things. So because you didn't develop diabetes overnight, you've been living with it, got diagnosed, and decided to start a medicine. So I think the context matters and common sense.
1: All right. Let's here's another one that may strain your definition of common sense for me. Let's say I get prescribed a medication and we actually have some at home already. My wife has the exact same dosage. She had something similar a year ago. Didn't need to finish it all. Has a few pills at home. It's cold out. I don't want to schlep to the pharmacy. Says it's the same thing. Same, you know, same milligrams. Can I just take hers?
0: a doctor would never recommend that you do that. And I think there's a few reasons why, right? You may not, it might be expired, right? Second thing is it might look the same. And I know Jason were pretty infallible, but there's a (laughs) chance that it isn't exactly the same. And who knows if it isn't different, what that drug is going to do to you, right? And so don't do that, Jason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Pretty clear on that one. All right, well, then what should I do with that, that old medication? My wife's pills. We just, you know, sh- what should we do with them? We're done. We don't need them anymore. I'm not going to take them myself because you've talked me out of it. They've been sitting in the, you know, in the bathroom for two years now. What do I do with it? I think we toss
0: it. I think only badness can happen with a lot of leftover
1: medications. Okay. Uh, so I flush it? Wasn't there an old thing? You flush it down the toilet? Is that a thing? Maybe not flush it down the toilet. I know there's been some interesting press on the water supply and medications
0: and how that affects it. I think better than flushing it down the toilet. Just...
1: Put it in the garbage. Good advice. As always, Dr. Kumar Damarajan, thank you for coming in again. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. This has been the Healthy Aging Podcast from Clover Health. I'm Jason Albright.
0: Thanks for listening to the Healthy Aging Podcast from Clover Health. If you like what you heard, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to share with your friends and family. For more information about Clover, visit www.CloverHealth.com.